So apparently we're nationwide now. Didn't know that. Yep. Thank you to all 10 people out in Salt Lake for listening to us. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Woohoo! (laughs) 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 All right, let's get started. I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this is episode five of the Panther Pod. All right, Cole. So, what a freaking crazy week here in college football. I know. Upset City, man. Uh, Honestly. Yes. Not only in Division One, but also in the ODAC as well. Major, major upsets. Yeah, I mean... All close games, though. Yeah. Especially, I mean, with the ODAC, you had two games that were within one point of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, college football, you had some teams that lost that should not have lost this, this past weekend. And, we like, and like we said last week... Um, you know, we can't tell you, you don't know who's who until week four. Yeah. By 100%. week four. 100%. And the, we found out who's who in week four. Yeah. Um, starting with NC State versus Clemson. Clemson's not making the playoffs. No. If Clemson makes the playoffs this year, the entire thing is rigged and Dabo is paying an ungodly amount of money to the committee. Oh, I, yeah. Or the, or the president of Clemson. Um, is the ACC even going to get a, get their conference champion in there? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing with Wake Forest. Wake Forest and what, NC State are the only two no. undefeated teams, right? No, it's uh, Boston College who is the only undefeated team. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Wake Forest, though, still, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Wake, For- Wake, so Forest, Wake Forest and Boston, Boston College. College. But they're in the same division. So I'm pretty sure they're in the same division. Um so if they're not, that's I think they'll be the now. There's still plenty of games left to play. Wake Forest still has to play Clemson. Boston College still has to play several good teams. So I don't. Even, yeah, but I mean, is Clemson going to be a challenge for Wake Forest? Like that's another thing you have to look at. Hopefully they are. Hopefully. And hopefully this is just some kind of slump for Clemson. But nah. I mean, I'm like here's the thing. I like Clemson. I got nothing against Clemson, but I don't know. They're just always up there. It's like Bama. Well, and okay, so here's my point with Bama. When LSU won the national championship, Alabama had two losses. Every Alabama fan that you talked to was saying, yeah, the dynasty's dead. It's over. We're never going back. Boo hoo, boo hoo. This could just be a slump. It could just, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, like, th- it could just be a hangover, for lack of a better word, after having great QB play for, what, eight years eight straight? Year, eight years, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, I think. It may just be a slump for Clemson, so it's not end of the world. Now, after if you start to see it after three or four or five years, yeah. then the dynasty's 100%. over. 100%. The dynasty's over. But it may just be a slump. It's only two losses against a, an all right NC State team. You know, they're not yeah. terrible. So, they're yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't think Clemson's making the playoff. I don't know if the ACC will make the playoffs. And if they don't, then that means Cincinnati has even has now an even better chance yeah, if, of getting to the playoffs. If Cincinnati doesn't make it this year, I will be shocked. It, yeah. Like, no. It, it won't be right if Cincinnati does not make the playoffs this year, especially with the rest of their schedule. Now, they have a tough, tough game coming up with Notre Dame, and Notre Dame just squashed Wisconsin 41-13. to um, Yeah, but again, it's it's one of those things where, okay, is Notre Dame really that good? Do you honestly think that Cincinnati could 
come up with the upset. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, no. And it's not even an upset because Cincinnati's ranked higher than Notre yeah, Dame. 100%. So it's not, even, it's not even really an upset. I think going into this, Cincinnati is the better team. Oh, for sure. I think Cincinnati is definitely the better team. I think anyone who watches college football consistently uh, knows that, but it comes down to who the media is going to pick as their top dog, and nine times out of ten, it's going to be Notre Dame just because of their brand. Yeah. Notre Dame's almost as bad as Texas with their brand. With their like, brand. And, and, Notre Dame, don't, and I'm not saying that based on their record or anything like that. No, like, no, Notre Dame just, has always fielded a very competitive program. It's just their... Um, their per, their their personality. Yeah, it's it's how they you know like with Texas, Tom Herman was everything that Texas fans were stereotyped to be. Oh, one hundred percent. Whereas Notre Dame is stereotyped as the prep boys who are very snobby. That's and don't very want, much Brian Kelly. Yeah. So there's that you know that that's that whole thing, which is really odd because Lou Holtz doesn't come across like that. You know. No, one hundred percent not. So. But I, I don't know. I think you have a coach. A coach's personality really, really brings out the personality of university. We saw that with Tom Herman in Texas. Yep. So and now you're kind of seeing it with Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. He's a calm, cool, collected, and you don't hear a lot from Texas fans. You know. Yeah, not here recently. I mean, it just Texas needs to get their act together, honestly. And I know we here on the Panther Pod we rag on Texas a lot. Horns we down. both. Yeah, horns down for sure. Uh, we both, I'm not going to say we both because I don't think I can speak for Owen here. I respect Texas as a football program. Mm. I think that they're going to be a great addition to the SEC. Um, yeah, that if money they, is. <laughs> <laughs> money, money. Uh, no. Um, but I think. $20 in my pocket. <laughs> I think that Texas, if they regain their form would be a great competitor in the SEC West. Yeah. If they and keep, if they're in the East, I mean, the SEC makes no sense anymore. No, no. It, well, it, it doesn't really – I mean, by adding Oklahoma and Texas, you're no longer the SEC anyways because now you've reached into the West. And you could argue a little bit with, like, Arkansas and LSU because they're not really in the Southeast. But they're still – but, like, they, they are, though. They're in that Eastern – Arkansas, yeah. no. Oh, LSU, for sure not. LSU – Yes, you can make a case for it because they're kind of close to New Orleans, and New Orleans is right up under Mississippi, kind of. You know, they're in Baton Rouge. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's you just write a hop, hop, jumps, and skip away from Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but sticking with Texas, Texas freaking routed Texas Tech to this week, seventy yeah. to thirty-four. I was not expecting that. If now. If they play that way against everybody, then, I mean, they got a shot to actually go into the playoffs as well, you know? Oh, for sure. With, Kay, I mean, with Casey Thompson and uh, B. John Robinson? Yeah. I mean, they... Uh, Which B. John Robinson should be on everyone's Heisman watch list mm -hmm. after his last game. Well, show, and apparently, and maybe Casey Thompson threw five touchdowns mm. and over 300 yards passing. Yeah, no, that's just impressive. That's that high flying. That is that was the high flying Big Twelve offense we were all expecting to see this weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, another good game came, that came up was Marshall and App State. That was a Group of Five game, but those are actually lo those are longtime rivals. Those teams do not get along. And App State only won by th by one point, thirty one to thirty. 
because mm. you have that weird field goal where like you you kick two field goals so at six points, so it's just a touchdown without the extra point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a good game, close game. The coach at Marshall was a coordinator or a positions coach up at Alabama. Mm. Yes, and he was the one that replaced Doc Holliday, which really surprised me because Doc Holliday is very popular up there in Marshall, and he did really well at Marshall. He did super well at Marshall. So it was really odd to me that they that Marshall chose to not extend. They didn't fire him per se. They just did not extend his contract. Yeah, I mean, and I think there there could have been some other things involved there as well. His age. Yeah, his age for sure. But, I mean, look at um, – Look at Lou Holtz. Look at uh, Steve Spurrier. He coached until he was, what, 80? Bill Snyder. Yeah, Bill Snyder. Gosh, that man was – he was he was old. Yeah. Old, old. And you can make the same case for um, Beamer as well, for Frank Beamer as well. He'd been there for 29, but 30 years at Tech. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Bud Foster. Bud Foster's not super old, though. but And he's not a head coach, but he was there for as long as – for yeah. a long time. Um. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, that one just didn't make sense to me going into the off season. Another group group of five team that really surprised me: Auburn versus Georgia State. Georgia State was leading the entire game, and Auburn came back and won. Well, I mean, the score really doesn't reflect that. No, but if you go if you go to the box score and go play by play, or not play by play, but like in the second quarter, they scored three touchdowns on Auburn. Three touchdowns. Yeah, no, that's unheard of. But then uh, Auburn rallies and scores 15 points. Man, I would have hated to have been in that locker room at halftime. Yeah, but also, like, you score 22 unanswered in the second half. So, but still, you're up 21, 21 to – Or 24. 24 to 12. Yes, 24. Sorry. 24 to 12 going in the second quarter. Going into I don't halftime. Do, I don't do math. Yeah. Going into halftime, you're up 24-12 over a nationally ranked opponent mm-hmm. as a group of five school. So Makes me wonder why they didn't drop. Yeah, they honestly, Auburn should have dropped a little bit more than they should they have been. They should have been 25th. Yeah. I mean, you almost lost to Georgia State. Yep. Georgia State. Mm. Uh, Michigan State had a tight game against Nebraska. Maybe Scott Frost isn't as bad as what everybody thought they were. Maybe. I mean, it's it's hard to say. Um, again, this we're kind of starting to lean off of, oh, it's too early in the season. You can't really tell who's who anymore. No, you you know who your good teams are. You're start, yeah, you're starting to get what you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska losing uh, 20-23 in OT. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of – that gives you hope a little bit that you can knock off – you can kind of stay in that upset yeah, I range mean, because, the, I mean, they were knotted up a majority of the game. No, and see, they're two and three now, so you're starting to – they've played five games because they played that weird week zero of college football where oh, they got, gotcha. where they got gotcha. beat by Illinois, um, which wasn't a good look. A lot of Cornhuskers fans are not good. But but you you held Oklahoma to like 23 – you held Oklahoma to 23 points in last week's game, yep. and you come out here and go and force it into overtime with Michigan State. Yep. So – You're right there knocking on the door of knocking off a ranked opponent, so – Yeah. Um, I don't know if Scott Frost is going to be there for much longer, though. I, I highly doubt it. I, I don't see it 
if he does something, if he wins out the rest of the season, maybe he goes nine and three. I don't, I don't see it though. So speaking on retention, I'm throwing a curveball at you here. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Lane Kiffin's going to stay at Ole Miss much longer? Mm. Ask me in two weeks. Okay, I think that's a fair. I think that's a very fair answer. Um, he really hasn't had. Granted, his quarterback is currently at the top of the Heisman rankings. Yeah, yeah. Matt but, Grail is very, very good. But I mean, we really haven't seen them play a top ten team. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen them play some SEC schools, but I don't know. I think it's it's still a little early to say on that one. I don't know. I'm. I. I think they're up there with Arkansas. I think them and Ar. I think that'll be a fun game to watch when they play each other. That's going to be a fun game is to watch Ole Miss and Arkansas. I don't know. I don't know if it's what's going on because when they played against Louisville, they looked unbeatable. They were oh, yeah. I mean, unstoppable. They were. They were great. But Lane Kiffin wasn't there. Yep. And so I just wonder is Lane does Lane Kiffin get in Lane Kiffin's way? Well, I mean. Here's my thing with Lane Kiffin is he's always on incredibly talented teams, but they never – they don't seem to ever win important games, if that makes sense. like At West Virginia? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When they are very good, they are very good, but usually that's against lower-ranked teams. They're on it. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, ask me in two weeks because I, I want I want to see because in two weeks they play you, they play LSU, so that'll be uh. But uh, I was gonna say, but that's at Death Valley. No, it's not. It's at Oxford. Oof, oof. It's gonna be fine. You better hope so. We're fine. It's you, gonna be fine. Better, I'm not looking at our schedule for the next four weeks. We're good. Hope, you better hope so. <laughs> We're fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're good. Um, We're fine. The brakes aren't coming off. It's fine. <laughs> um, Baylor beats Iowa State. Baylor at home. I think Baylor's a lot better than everybody else pictured, and it's kind of scary. One hundred percent. I mean, it says something when you beat a talented program. Mm-hmm. It says something even more when you beat them by a lot. Well, they didn't really beat them by a lot, though. It was, it was right what five? No, it was thirty-one to twenty-eight, I think. Oh, 31-28. Yeah, Excuse no, me. no, it was a, it was a, it was a tight game the whole way through. One thing though that really was odd, and if you watch three sixty-five sports, you've been listening to Paul Catalina say Paul Catalina and um, Craig Smoke say this as well is the overrated chant where they go like overrated. And they were like... Liberty used to do that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. They oh. did it. Uh, oh, God. Who did they play? Montana. I went to Liberty Montana game. Was this when they were still in FCS school? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And Montana was like ranked four or something like that. Ah. This is when Montana was still like... Good. Insanely good. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, they almost beat Kansas and F... <laughs> yeah. So, well, <laughs> come on. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Only beat them by... Th- I mean, only lost to them by three... Les Miles wasn't there yet. Um, no, that was this year. Oh, after Lance Les Miles. <laughs> Never mind. I keep getting. I keep wanting to say Lance Miles. Less. But no, it's it's less. But the reason I say that is because their coach now is Lance Leopold. Yeah, that's why. Yep. Anyways, continue. Um, no, Liberty was doing that. I think this was in like 2016, 2017, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. where they were trying to get to be 
uh, Division One FBS. Yeah. Um, and they were chanting overrated going into the fourth quarter. And they, I think they were blowing them out like it was bad. It was like 62-20 or something like oh, that. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Like, I get it. As a fan base, it's fun. But also, if you really think, if you really think about it, what Paul Catalina and Craig Smoke have said is right is the fact that like okay but it's also like a backhanded insult as well because like okay you're yeah. you're insulting them but you're also saying but what you're doing is not that great because you're beating somebody who is overrated you know yeah. then that means you're not that good as well 100% so i i mean Iowa state's a good football team i don't know what's it is a weird year for good football teams with like clemson uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, like the, it's just kind of uh, Ohio State. It's just kind of a weird year for these teams of just saying that, like, uh, of just looking at them and thinking, you know, they're not they're not looking as good as they're supposed to be, and it's kind of con- not concerning. It's concerning for those fan bases, but from the outside, you're like, oh, let's see, let's see who else goes up there. Who's going to answer the call if yeah. Clemson and Iowa State are not going to be answering the call? Then I. You know, then who is? And that's always the fun part. Oklahoma, they don't look like themselves. I don't know what it is. I don't, and I think it's the same thing like of having those eight years of great quarterbacks. You go Baker Mayfield, excuse me, you go Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and now you go Spencer Rattler. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't knocking Spencer Rattler. I think he, I still think he's a great quarterback. No, I think he, I think he's good. He's just young. It's the sophomore slump. Yeah. I think that's all it is. It's just a sophomore slump. He had a great freshman year, a uh, redshirt freshman year. Yeah. So uh, I think it's just a sophomore slump. I um, I do. Uh, but I mean, Oklahoma, I, and that's like I I still think Oklahoma is a good team. And no, their offense doesn't look that way, but they look better than West Virginia's offense. So to a West Virginia fan, it's like we held Oklahoma to 16 points. Then we only lost by three. It hurts, but you lost to the fourth at the time, the fourth ranked team in the country, to only 16 points in a primetime game at their house. You know? So, I mean, it's just the Big 12 is just completely out in the open, especially with Oklahoma the way they are. I mean, they're they're beatable. Just like top teams this year are, look beatable and are beatable. Oklahoma and Alabama haven't lost a game, but they've looked beatable. Oklahoma for three games, they've looked beatable. Alabama looked beatable against Southern Miss. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Southern, Min- Southern I mean, Miss. They only put up 63 points. Only. So, I mean, Southern Miss had, had the Crimson Tide on the ropes. But, you know. <laughs> But but no, you know they Alabama no, had that. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's either it's either going to be a power shift, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is kind of taking place this season where a lot of these teams that had fantastic recruits for a span of like six, seven, eight years mm-hmm. are now starting to lose those recruits to either the NFL or. They're transferring yeah. to get that extra year of COVID eligibility. Well, that and two of um, you're going to start seeing this now of the transfer portal. There's going to be kind of a, a reverse signing day. You know, kids yeah. are going to jump ship right around this time of the year next year. Uh, maybe not every year, but they're going to. You're going to see kind of players like um, what's his Zach Zach Zeno or Jack Zeno. What is his name? Last name Zeno, but he's a quarterback for Baylor. Um, and then who else transferred? 
heard. There's just there's different um, Jacob Zeno. Jacob Zeno. That's who it is. Yes. Uh, but you're going to start seeing this of people who can get that extra year of eligibility because it's like, okay, I've played four games or I've been on the team for four games. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm going to go somewhere where I can play and have a chance of either going to the next level or just getting some playing time. Yeah, 100%. So you're going to start to see that more. Um, continuing on, uh, SMU beats TCU. That's And TCU is supposed to be a top contender up here in the Big 12 because – uh, Gary Patterson and TCU with Max Duggan, man. I mean, yeah, they're they're always that team that's kind of scary. They've always been a, one of those teams that's kind of been a thorn in the side of West Virginia, you know. And it's just one of those teams that'll that'll reach up there, and you're like, oh, they got a shot. They got a little bit of a shot. Um, so, I mean, that was surprising. So, but maybe SMU looks is a pretty good team. Yeah, and I mean, I still think without the death penalty. Um, they would have been... I think that would have been a conference game to that, you know? 100%. They would have either been in uh, the Big 12 or they would have been in the SEC. Yeah. Um, it's hard to it's hard to watch SMU where they are now, especially with, uh, with the level of talent that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that, you know, give them three, four years, they could be making that next jump like how... Um, Houston. Yeah, Houston, UCF, uh, Cincinnati, they could be the next team to enter into a big conference when realignment pops up again because realignment is always happening. I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest. It's going to happen every time TV contracts come up now. Yep. It's all, it's all, it's going to be all about the money. Until fans say enough is enough, it's going to keep happening like that. Now, um, granted, SEC, you really don't have to worry about it that much. Unless you're uh, – look, here's the thing. with uh, Vanderbilt needs to be careful because when is enough enough for the yeah, SEC? 100%. And, that's, and, that, and the same can be said for Kansas in the Big 12, for Rutgers in the Big 10. Um, who's a low-hanging fruit in the Pac-12? Uh, Oregon State? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Or um, Colorado. Possibly Colorado because they made that jump from Big Twelve to Pac Twelve. Yeah, but I mean Colorado's always been competitive. Yeah, like they're always up there. It's just they don't really have. They're not on the same level of like Vandy, Rutgers. No, and I think that's that's a good thing the Pac Twelve has going for them is they're all Cal. cohesive. Yeah, yeah, but they're all they're all on the same level. Cal is maybe that lower hanging. Oh, for sure. They're they're that lower hanging fruit. But see, the, this is also the problem with being out east is you don't. Yeah, maybe you our don't Salt really Lake, or maybe our Salt Lake listeners and our Colorado Springs, Springs and San Francisco listeners. Yeah, we yeah, have maybe, a listener out in San Francisco. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, please correct us if we're wrong. Uh, reach out to us on the Panther Pod mm-hmm. or at the Panther Pod on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, any kind of social media you can think of. We're on it. Or email uh, us. Yeah, or email us. Uh, PantherPod21 at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, mm-hmm. anything that we get wrong, we're only human. We fully understand that we're going to make mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, I said LaShawn McCoy went to Pitt. He did not. He went to Penn State. He went to Penn State. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, reach out. I mean, feel free to correct us. Hop on there if you hear something wrong. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, Pac-12 is very cohesive. Uh, Com- just competition wise, yeah. yeah, competition wise, they make a lot of sense. Now it used to be Washington, because Washington used to just be terrible. 
And then they had that playoff run a couple years ago, a few years yeah. ago. And they just used to be terrible. And Washington State was good when uh, when Mike Leach was up there and um, uh, Gardner Minshew, the mustaches. That's the only thing that's coming to mind right now is the mustache. Um, so I mean, they you know they were good. It is wrong that he left Jacksonville. It is so wrong. I he, thought I thought he got traded. I didn't realize he did. Oh, where's he at now? Uh, Indianapolis. So he's oh. still going to be starting because Carson Wentz is out right now. Oh, um, interesting. But well, Sam Ellinger is up at Indianapolis too. Yep. Uh, Minshew mania needs to run wild again. That was <laughs> that was the best that was, part of football. That was great. That was everybody. Yeah, that was great. Uh, like he sucked. Don't get me wrong, but like it was awesome. Yeah, I think every. I, I just there are definitely those quarterbacks that are perfect for college, but are terrible in the NFL. Oh yeah, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, or Tyrod. I want maybe not Tyrod Taylor. Um, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Everyone pegged him as a Heisman candidate and the next big thing. And uh, shout out Brock Lesnar. Uh, next big thing in the uh, NFL, but he played three games for Cleveland. Granted, that could have been a situation where oh, he was drafted to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you look at him versus. Um, Oh God, Baker. Yeah. Or you well, Baker. Baker for a while looked like he was going to be one of those quarterbacks of he wasn't going to make it, or he was going to have one good year and then fall off. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's been solid so far. So far, I think they got the right. I think I think it, that shows that they got the right coaching staff. Yeah, for sure. You know that and the the owner finally realized that hey. We need to give this course some time because we're trying to build something special here. Yeah, it takes time to build. Um, but yeah, uh, continuing with college football, uh, Arkansas, man, top 10 this week. I like it. Here are teams that I think are old school, and Arkansas is one of them, SMU is one of them. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, who's another old school team that I think? I just I look at them and I think, oh, that's old school. Yeah, you look at some teams and you're like, oh, that fits. That fit. and honestly, just, like yeah. Alabama is one of those teams because you would be shocked if Alabama is not in. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Yeah. Like you look at it and you're like, oh, Alabama is in the top twenty-five again. Woohoo! Yeah. No, you're like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Like as much as I hate Alabama, you got to respect them. <laughs> yeah, I love SEC shorts. They're uh, awesome. They're great. They're great. Did you see the basement one? About yeah, that was yes. awesome. No, it's that like, was great. I'm leaving. Yes, and I, I was like, yeah. And then Florida State walks in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> and see, see, that's the thing. I. Like your past does not matter now. Absolutely. Not. Now your past matters to a certain extent because of recruiting. Oh yeah, look so at like, Texas. Yeah, look at look at Texas, and you could say within the past ten years, but I won't even go back that far. Maybe the the last five or six is when your past counts. But like you look at, I did not grow up with a dominant Nebraska team. I didn't even grow up with a dominant Notre Dame team. But you know who I did grow up with a dominant team was freaking w. W, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because I, 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 Rich Rodriguez and Pat White and Steve Slayton, Owen Schmidt, all those guys, you know. So that that those team that was the team that I grew up with. Owen Schmidt was my favorite player, by the way. It's hard to it's hard to pick a favorite player, but I like Owen Schmidt just because his name is Owen. You know who my favorite player was growing up? Who? Hey. Guess. 
for LSU. I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch LSU football. Teran Matthew. I don't know. The Honey Badger. I'm, I can't I not, say the catchphrase because, I, again, LSU. Here's the thing. I cannot un, until, I want to say, 2012-ish maybe, I didn't really follow West Virginia football a ton. A ton. <laughs> uh, I didn't really follow West Virginia football a ton just because I was so young. No, I get like, it. Like when Pat White came onto the scene, I think I was four years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been that long. So it's, um, you know, it's just. I remember watching Saban coach at LSU. I, I remember a little bit of Rich Rod coaching at LSU, but I, or, not, or uh, Rich Rod coaching at Breaking News, West Virginia. You know, he was a contender. All right, um, Alabama was looking to hire him as their next head coach, too. Um, so there's another reason to hate Alabama. But <laughs> there, there's a reason to hate Michigan, though, you know. but Jump uh, on the bandwagon. Yep, yep. Oh, I've been on it for a while. <laughs> but Oh, no, I'm talking about hating Alabama. Oh, then no, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah. No, I think Arkansas Arkansas is, deserves a spot in the top ten. Yes. I think that they're playing great football. And when you smack Texas the way you did, it makes you it makes you look even better than the fact that Texas just dropped fifty on a power five opponent. Yeah. Or I'm no, not dropped fifty, dropped seventy on a power five opponent in their own conference who people thought were gonna be not the best, but they were gonna be decent. Gonna yeah. be good. Um, but I think now that they're gonna be low hanging fruit long there with Kansas. I don't I don't know. I say that and then West Virginia might get beat this weekend. I hope <laughs> I hope not. We play excuse me, they um come and play in Morgantown at which is nice. Um but yeah, no, I think Arkansas I would love to see them go all the way. Oh, that would be awesome. I think it'd be cool. Well deserved for that program. And also as much crap as that head, as they got for hiring that head coach too. Yep. And everybody's going, oh, Well, I wish we'd done that. <laughs> I wish we'd done that. And he was a he was a either an O-line coach or a D-line coach. I can't remember, but he, was, he wasn't even a coordinator. He was just a positions coach. And uh, so, I mean, hey, it's working out for Arkansas. Can they, can they sustain it for the rest of the season, you know, and not get burnt out? Yeah, I mean, hard to say, uh, really, at this point, um, just because you're still going into your first full season of college football. Well, you're starting to get in conference play now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he keeps it up in the long term because I, I want him to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want that program to be successful. It just feels right for but Arkansas n- to be ranked. But not successful enough to where they beat you. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> I want them to be successful. I want them to be to successful, cer- but I want extent. us to be able to beat them so that way we go up in the polls. Yes, to a certain extent. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's cool seeing Arkansas up there in uh, in eighth. Um, I think they they're definitely up there. I mean, I I'm gonna be honest. I think I think Cincinnati and uh, Cincinnati and Arkansas should be higher than what they are. I think Cincinnati should be sixth. Arkansas should be seventh. I mean, and uh, that's one that's one move. But that you know, and I get it. Oklahoma won this weekend. But they only won by three to a West Virginia team that everybody thought was going to not be that good. Yep. Um, I still think Oklahoma's a top ten team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're still a top ten team because you, I think they're a sleeping giant. 
They're going to fix some things. Lincoln Riley's a good coach. They're going to fix some things. Spencer Rattler, I mean, Spencer Rattler has a little bit of maturing to do. Yeah, I think if Spencer Rattler can come out of his sophomore slump a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a good defense, too. It's not, a, yeah. it, you know. Oh, for sure. It's better than what it was to th- when Kyler Murray was there, you know. Yeah. They had the top offense in the nation and then the worst defense in the country. So it was just like, you know, they've really changed things around. Um but you know, I think Arkansas could could make a run for the playoffs. If not, they'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think. Oh, for sure. Um, another big game: Georgia Tech smacked UNC. I mean, just demolished them. Hey, you remember when UNC was ranked? E- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. That was a good two week run. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. fun. That or was a four fun week time. run. Four week. Four week run. But I think everybody saw it when. When Tech beat them. You oh, know? yeah, for sure. I, th- I think everybody started, I think, that one, week one, when you lose to an unranked Virginia Tech team. Granted, it was at home, at at Virginia Tech, but still, that should, if you're the 10th team in the co- tenth ranked team in the country, that shouldn't matter. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, but – and that's one thing I love about college football is the atmosphere does end up mattering. You know? Oh, yeah. I like, mean, they, are the, they are the 12th man. If you go into Vanderbilt – Versus going into Virginia Tech, which I hate comparing these two because it's an SEC school versus an ACC school. But if you go into Vandy and you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stomp these guys," and yeah. then you go into Virginia Tech with the same attitude, and Inner Sandman comes on, oh, you're yeah. like, mm, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah, and it's just and it's the same way in Morgantown. It's rough and rowdy up in Morgantown. Oh yeah, and well, I mean LSU is the exact same. Oh yeah, way. no, I would not. I don't like if West Virginia and LSU were to play in a regular season. I don't. I don't want that game to be at Death Valley. That's a that's a scary place for me to go. I don't want West Virginia walking into Death Valley on a on a um, like a Saturday night game. I don't I don't want that. Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it? But it, it oh it, it that that would terrify me. I'd love it. I mean, well, obviously you would. Same for you, I would definitely not want LSU to travel to Morgantown to play. It would have to be at a neutral site. That's yeah. the only way. And it might be because oh my god I was reading I was reading an article from twenty four seven sports the uh, the uh, West Virginia uh, side of twenty four seven yeah West Virginia side of twenty four seven sports and after each week they give updated um, bowl predictions and West Virginia and LSU were actually a bowl prediction for us this week. It was for the it was not a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, no. We're it, we're not making not with our upcoming schedule. There's no way we are making a New Year's Six Bowl. No, it was um it was College Football News who predicted this. It was West Virginia versus LSU in the uh in the Macari Texas Bowl in Houston. I do not have enough money in my bank account. I could save up for it. Yeah. I'm not going to because I'm not flying to Texas. I don't if know. If they were playing in the Belk Bowl or something, I'd consider it. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, the Belk Bowl, because that's just, that's just down in Charlotte. So, or uh, like uh, Music City Bowl. We've played there a couple times. Yeah, or the Liberty Bowl, which is out in Memphis, which is a, it's a little bit of a drive. It's, what, eight hours? Probably. It's for, yeah. Probably from here to either eight or two. 12 hours it's it's it, i think it's a drive from like from here to florida yeah it's it's in that from 12 to 8 hour range um but yeah no i am very surprised that georgia tech came out and cuz they're another they're an acc low hanging fruit all, you yeah, know for 100%. a long for a long time and then 
you know, that, that kind of woke everybody up is UNC batters. Georgia Tech, obviously, they're better than what they have been in a long, you know. I feel like Georgia I think Tech a, is another one of those kind of Arkansas. And granted, this is this is a lot of older school football. Mm-hmm. Because, again. Another, another kind of yeah, old. Yeah, it's, it's one of those that makes sense Yeah, if you see them ranked just based on name value alone. Granted, yeah. not here recently. No, 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 no. But they've always been a competitive program. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back in, like, the 40s, 30s, and 20s, they were the powerhouse to beat. Like yeah. They beat a team uh, 222 to nothing. Well, John Heisman was their coach. Yeah. So, yeah, I forgot about that, 222. Yeah. forgot about that, yeah. Ooh. How do you even do that? Uh, you score does, every, like... Does the, does the other team just not even show up? No, they showed up. <laughs> they showed up and played a full... They actually... It wasn't even a full hour of football. It was uh, 45 minutes. They scored 222 points in 45 minutes. That's that's not okay. Yeah, because uh, the coach of and I can't I can never remember the name of the other. I know this is a tangent. I'm sorry, but uh, the coach of the other school went into John Heisman's locker room at halftime and was like, "Do we really have?" Because at that point it was like 98 or something like that. Yeah, at half and. Uh, uh, he went into John Heisman's locker room and was like, can we, like, surrender the game? Yeah, like, like a mercy rule. Yeah. Uh, John Heisman agreed to shorten the game uh-huh. by five minutes per quarter. <laughs> God. So that that's still – that's another – that's 20 minutes of football that they still have to play, you know. Yeah. And then, like, after the game, they still ran a full practice, like Georgia Tech did. They were like, yeah, th- this wasn't a football game. This was – No. Oh gosh, I'd hate to be that other team and just have that on my in my history. That would be awesome. No, 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 no. For if the you were losing, Georgia Tech, if you were Georgia, awesome. if you're Georgia Tech, yes. But if you're, um, but who are the other team? No, that's not okay. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, but Georgia Sorry. Tech, you know, you're, yeah, Georgia Tech smacks UNC. Um, I think Georgia Tech's better than everybody thought, and I think UNC's a lot worse than everybody thought. One hundred percent, I agree with that. Um, even with Sam Howell at quarterback. Which I, I still think he could end up in the Heisman running. Um, I don't think he's going to win it just based on record alone. Well, and and plus his, you know, it's not just a a, a one man effort. He can rush for all the yards he wants, but if he can't throw the football, but if his receivers can't catch it, he's going to have a lot of incompletion. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. So it's kind of a, I don't I don't know how do you how you put it, but it's like he can't, he can't do it by himself, especially if you're a quarterback, you can't do it by yourself. Nope. Um. So yeah. And then uh, finally, Liberty lost to Syracuse in a in a very close game, twenty four twenty one, and last minute field goal for Syracuse. I was hoping Liberty would pull that one out. I mean, it would be cool. It would be it would have been really cool to see Liberty take that win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't think that 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 doesn't discredit Liberty's. Oh no 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 no! Because they're they're still three, they're three and one now. They're not. Yeah. That's their only loss of the game. However. They have to travel to Oxford, Mississippi later on the season, and that is a game everybody's looking at. I don't know if as much now because Ole Miss is looking really good. Excuse me, and LSU and Liberty is just kind of looking average. You know? LSU, you you were going to say LSU there for I'm a second. Sorry, there's too many L's. There's it's too fine. many L's. We're good. Whatever. My notes say Liberty lost. That's too many L's. Yeah. Okay. But I agree with you. I think I don't think. I don't know too many Liberty fans who are going to make the drive to Mississippi because that, again, that's an eight-hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that would be 
that's going to be an insane atmosphere either way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And let's see. I hope Liberty pulls it out. That'd be awesome to see. I would. I hope LSU beats Ole Miss. I, yeah. Well, I, I'd hope LSU beats Ole Miss too. But, I mean, that offense is humming. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it'll be – yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. So, uh, but continuing on with close games, this past like we talked about in the beginning, this past week, Odek had a ton of close games, and it was pretty much almost all conference games. Um, Hamden Sydney beat Guilford twenty eight to seven in overtime. I think uh, twenty eight twenty seven. Twenty. What did I say? Twenty eight seven. 28-7. Oh, I'm sorry. 28-27. My bad. <laughs> yes, they went into overtime <laughs> with a 28-7 game. Uh, yeah, Hampton, uh, Hampton Sydney, uh, they, after they scored the first touchdown to NOT, they just kept driving the ball. Yep, yep. That's exactly And I can't remember. It may have been them and Washington and Lee, but I'm not for sure. But this came as a surprise to me. is Washington and Lee beats Randolph-Macon. Not by a lot, only by one point. Yeah, that was for sure an upset. Um, but Washington and Lee has had a good football team before. Two yeah. two years ago, they were ranked in the top 25 for Division Three football. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, they're not they're not a team to scoff at. They had, I think they had a little bit of a slow start. Um, but now, I mean, it'll be uh, – they're uh, – it's going to be interesting because they lost to Shenandoah, which was a conference. So conference-wise, they're one and one, but overall, they're either two and one or three and one. But but yeah, that was um, Washington Lee beating Randolph Macon. Now that's not. I'm pro- I'm sure that was just probably a field goal here or a touchdown there. You know, it was just yeah. something that was, um, or may- maybe a safety or something like that. Like it was very. It, it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, that really should have been our game of the week last week instead oh, yeah. of Emory and Henry versus well, Bridgewater. So Emory and Henry beat Bridgewater thirty-eight to seventeen. Um, we thought that was going to be a lot closer than what it was. Yes. Um, granted, I don't think that takes away from Brid- and I think this is the exact same thing of our talking points for Oklahoma and West Virginia. That really doesn't take away from Bridgewater that much no because emory and henry is stepping up into d2 mm-hmm. um granted oklahoma's number six or they were what number five number four. Oh, number four excuse me um they were number four in the nation and losing to them isn't really that's nothing to that's something to hang your hat on yeah and only beating them but but yeah no um but but this isn't the this isn't the only time bridgewater's had this type of game though you know, we we said we were they were going to be in the top three, yeah. And now in, they're, and now they're <laughs> second to last. Yeah, they're second to last. They're sixth in the conference. They're only zero and one, but I mean they're two and two overall, zero and one in the conference. Yeah, but you know we're we thought they were going to be up there. You know, again, I think this may be a kind of a slump year for Bridgewater because they lost to Randolph Macon thirty eight to thirteen. Yeah. So. Maybe not, but I think this is a good thing for Farum is in like, okay, maybe Bridgewater isn't as good as what you thought it was, so yep. you have a better chance of better chance of, than what you did of beating Bridgewater. Yeah, I think uh, Farum for sure has an opportunity to uh, get in that top spot or go for that number two spot now. Mm-hmm. You know what they did have an opportunity at this week? Hmm. To lose the daggum game. <laughs> Held off a scary... 
scary comeback from Apprentice. Um, Farum did beat them thirty to twenty eight. Um, they're still <clears throat> they still have no conference games whatsoever. Uh, but they start they open up conference play against Randolph making this upcoming week. Um, and I actually talked to uh, Seth Deaton, Seth Deaton, the kicker for Farum. And he said when they were doing their walkthrough practice on Friday that Coach Adams just walked off the field because he was like, y'all aren't taking this seriously. He said, you're underestimating your opponent. You you can't do that because if you underestimate them, they're going to lose. And so as Seth looked at me and he goes, um, and we underestimated them. And it came back to bite us a little bit. Yep. He said it was scary. But but here's the thing, too. You, you know, you were up 20 to nothing at one point in the game. So, I mean – I, I get it. You get cock, you get cocky, but you can't get too cocky. You know, there's still another football team out there. So if you get too cocky, then that other football team who you thought was really bad or not as good, then you're going to lose. You know, you're not you're not going to play as well. They're going to come up and bite you. But you know, watching that game, Titus Jones again, phenomenal. Oh yeah. I, I don't. There was maybe one throw I saw where he was inaccurate with it. And it was kind of an, it was kind of a weird deal too because usually if he's if he's in the pocket he's going to be accurate with the football. He was in the pocket, had his feet set, and threw the ball, and it was just I think he was like five yards off of his man. Mm. And it was really it was really it was just a really odd throw. I don't know if like if there was it looked more like a miscommunication to be honest than anything. Yeah, the receiver could have there. There's a lot of things you could chalk that up to. I mean, yeah. the receiver could have. Cut at the wrong time. DB could have held the receiver at the line of scrimmage uh, at the line of scrimmage for a little bit longer than he should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, Titus Jones looks solid. He went 17 for 29, uh, 253 yards. So and 16 rushing yards. You know, yeah, and so. 16 yards rushing. But let me tell you too, Tim Hade Penn is one heck of a receiver, and what helps him out is the length. He has length. Oh yeah, for sure. And that is tremendous. But this man can catch just about anything and make a play out of anything. Now, there was a pass in the first quarter. It was from Titus Jones to Penn. They called it incomplete, claimed he was out of bounds. They replayed it. He was not out of bounds. No part of his foot was out of bounds, nothing. Both of his feet were in the end zone when he caught the ball. Mm. He was in bounds, but the ref called him out of bounds. I again, he was not he was not out of bounds. He was in bounds, and that that cost us that cost us six right there. Um, I mean, and he, here's the thing, and this is kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. Here's the thing with refereeing a game of football: you really only get one chance at the. Well, and it happens so fast too. Yeah, you really only get one chance in high school and some Division three schools mm-hmm. to call a play right. Like NFL D one call like that happens, mm-hmm. you know they're going to review it for fifteen minutes and tie up the game. Well, they have yeah. Well, they have the they have the ability to. They don't you know for Division three. There's no like ESPN is not coming down to video yeah. to to broadcast a Division three game. You know, um, very select few Division three. Very select few. It probably like the Stag Bowl is what they would come down yeah. and uh, broadcast. But still, I mean, it, it was it was very clear that he was in bounds and scored. Um, so chalk that one up to the refs for not 
like I said, the game moves fast, but still, that they cost us six on that one. Um, and then continue on the first quarter, third and 17. I, I did not think we were going to convert. I thought that they were just I, – I figured we were going to have to punt it or just make a really long field goal. It's third and 17, and they kind of throw, they throw a screen pass to, 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 um, to Pate Penn and a 45-yard catch and run. This man brings it from the line of scrimmage to the house. Man. I mean, broke tackles and just – and once he got out in the open, he just, boom, gone. So I mean that that was great. Yeah, Tamate Penn, he he for sure has sneaky speed. He can kill you uh, with his elusiveness and just his insane speed. I mean, I saw that when I was at the uh, first Ferrum game at the Averett game. Yeah. yeah, at the Averett game because he he had what like four or five catches that he just took off with. Yeah, well, and see that, and that's what helps too is when when in doubt, give it to your senior guy. You know, he's you, there for a reason. He is your senior receiver. And, you know, Titus Jones, I think he still has one more year. He's a junior. Yep. Um, which is nice for Farrow, you know, for Farrow. Oh, yeah. Especially if he keeps up the level of play he's doing now. Exactly. Because that gives you an opportunity for, you know, your next guy up to kind of step up and learn under Titus Jones. And oh, yeah. Gives a chance for Coach Adams to get everything together and groom his players the way he wants to groom them. And like I'm saying, I mean, when in doubt, lean on your lean on your senior guys, lean on your most experienced guys. And Tamade Penn is that guy. Yeah, and sure. that and that play right there proved it. I mean, I I was just hoping we could get in field goal range with it. Um, I mean, it it was a long it, it was a long third down, um, but taking it to the house that was great. Um, and then you move into the second quarter, another third third down situation. It was third and nine. Terrible, terrible unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, uh, penalty. Terrible unsportsmanlike con- conduct penalty thrown on Tamade Penn. Terrible. All he did was he got up and he flexed, and they threw the flag because he caught it over top of the guy. He is His midsection is bent over top of the guy's helmet, and he – Catches it, brings it down, is a catch right there at the twenty yard line, and they throw the flag, and and it was penalty right there. It it was an amazing, amazing catch, and took us on the other side of the fifty. But um, it was a terrible call. All he got up did and was flexed and just said it was unsportsmanlike conduct. No, it was it was not. It was a terrible, terrible call. I I no, no, it was a terrible call. It was. I mean, the dude just flexed. He didn't knock over the guy. He didn't do nothing. He didn't. You know, he didn't taunt him or anything. He just flexed. I mean, when in football has flexing been a bad thing? I thought that's what football was all about—is flexing your muscle, flexing how you know. Uh, to answer your question, this year across the board, I guess so. With the NFL, I mean, they're going to model everything after the NFL now. You know, which is so stupid. I mean, it's. Just, just let them go out there and play. You know, like oh, that's yeah. it's not an unsportsmanlike. Unsportsman it should like, not be an unsportsmanlike conduct I, penalty. I got it. I get it. If he stayed down and gotten his like bent over this yeah, guy, if he gotten his face went, like Allen Iverson step over on Tyron Lue. Oh yeah. Like I, I get it. If it was to disrespect the other player, but if you're just showing off yeah. and like playing to the crowd a little bit, yeah, why not? I know it was it was ridiculous. I just. I didn't. I just know, um, but something I think that Farum did great at is with a with a quarterback like Titus Jones, you can really can really lure the other the opponent's defense in with either QB scramble or just handing it off to your tailback. 
you know, they did that several times. Uh, even, and you know it's good when you're faking out the cameraman. Yeah, when, I mean, Ferrum has run a lot more option this year than I thought they would. I honestly thought they were going to either rely on Titus Jones's arm like how they did uh, and they do. last year. And they do. They do. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's good to see that kind of variance. I hope it doesn't turn into an army situation where they just I don't, run I don't the triple so. option. Yeah, I don't think so, though. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, no, that I, I did see that play uh, because Odak posted it, and it, it was great. It, the, it. Where, uh, what, Titus kept it and ran for, what, 15, 20? Or, well, only, uh, 15. It was only about five yards, but, they I mean, still fooled him a little bit. Oh, excuse me. No, I was thinking about um, – you're thinking, oh, you're thinking about Christopher Newport. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about the CNU game. My bad. No, you're, yeah, Christopher Newport. Um, they used a lot of uh, jet sweeps coming in to for the Apprentice game, um, which really – we hadn't really seen that a whole lot this year. So that really um, had Apprentice on their heels. Yeah, Coach Adams is definitely uh, – I've heard nothing but good things about him yeah, from, from the players. He's very innovative mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to offensive play calling, and I saw that as early as the Avery game. I mean – yeah. It's def- it doesn't get stagnant. No. And then right after that penalty, after the um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, Titus Jones, 35 yards to Daniel Lamb, touchdown pass. Right then. I mean, uh, I mean t- that's how you answer. That's how you answer. And then Titus, uh, you know, Titus Jones just goes, all right, throw the penalty. I'll score next round. You know? Yeah, it's fine. We're good. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, the kicker, Seth Deaton, had one heck of a game. He was three for three for a 45 not, – not only – a 31-yard field goal, but a 41-yard field goal and a 45-yard field goal. That's awesome. Dude's got a rocket for a leg. I was <laughs> – you never heard Coach Edwards talk about that? A rocket for a leg. Yeah. I've heard a hammer leg. No, a rocket like a for – a hammer for a leg. No. I've never heard a rocket for a leg. Oh, yeah, That's Coach, a first. Coach Edwards taught me that one. Oh, oh, yeah, Coach Edwards taught you that one? Yes, because I used to do weightlifting with Coach Edwards over the uh, when, oh. I, when I was in middle school. And, oh. yeah, yeah. Right. So, yes, yes, don't act like you don't believe me, but Excuse I was there. Excuse me, sorry. I was there. Farum held off a little bit of a scary, scary comeback by Apprentice, and I think that this is an emotional Farum team. They wear their emotions on the sleeve, on their sleeve, um, and, and I think you see that, and I think that that can be a good thing, but I think for Coach Adams, sometimes it can be a struggle. Yep. Um, so... And and it's shown them too, and you know it's shown them that hey, don't underestimate your opponent because if you underestimate your opponent, they can win. They 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 can win on you. Yeah, I think this kind of is a wake up call for Ferrum, mm-hmm. not because they won a tight game, but because hey, you know, we came into this game expecting one thing, another thing happened. Mm-hmm. Let's let's grow from this. Let's get it on. Uh, let's get ready for uh, Randolph-Macon. Yeah. Um, one thing I, w- I do want to go back on, so I talked to a, f- a few of the football players, Seth Deaton in particular. So I asked them what happened for the Everett game. I said, you know, it looked like for us. Oh, answers on that? Yeah, I got awesome. a- I got answers for that. So I asked him, I said, what it looked like to us in the stands is – Y'all didn't shake hands after the game. That made Arovit mad. Somebody starts spouting off, and then you got into it. He goes, kind of. He said the whole game, 
favorite players are spitting on all of us. Like mm. they're like literally spitting on them. And I said, "Oh, well, you can't. You, you know, yeah, you no, can't. No, see, you, can't you can't take see that, that lying down. Well, but you get. But from the stands, you can't see that. Nope. He goes, "Yeah, that. So that was all going on during the game, and there, you know, and other. He said other things were going on as well. He says, so after the game, we didn't know if we were allowed to shake hands because of COVID. And I told him, I said, huh? You're not. You can go out and tackle those guys, but you can't go shake hands after the game. He goes, I know it's stupid, but that was just one thing that somebody had brought up at one point. Um, he said, so that's why we weren't shaking hands is because we didn't know if we could or if we were allowed to or not. I mean, honest, like honest mistake. I don't know if that's yeah, Farum's official response to that. Yeah, um, or if Farum was just being petty. Either way, I'm here for it. I'm, hey, I'm, I, it makes for good rivalry games, you know? Yeah, for sure. High emotion. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I like it. I like it. Speaking of high emotions, boy, I had some high emotions this weekend. I was going to have heart failure um, Saturday night. Before we get into it, mm-hmm. Owen, no country roads this week? I don't want to talk about it, okay? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> It's okay, bud. Yeah. No, there's no there's no I'm here. For I was you. really, really hoping to put on country roads this week. Really hoping. No, that did not happen. Um West Virginia loses sixteen to thirteen. It's it, I think this really surprised a lot of people. Number one, it woke it made West Virginia people wake up to the fact that or it made it made the people like people or experts or whatever. The, it made the, the country wake up and realize oh West Virginia's defense is they are legit. They they did not they have not skipped a beat since last year. I mean they're just chugging along. Um, but it also go you also take away from this game is is Oklahoma, Oklahoma. What's going on at Oklahoma? What's I mean they they have like we talked about before, they've they've got some issues. Something's going on over there. Like I said, I think it's just it's a sophomore slump for uh, Spencer Rattler. Um, I think I they're a sleeping giant or, or a sleeping dragon, whatever, whichever one you want to call it. I think Rattler's still going to be solid. Um, oh, he's better than Day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when Rattler goes 26 for 36, 256 and a touchdown and an interception, don't get me wrong. That's a good interception <laughs> by our guys. It was a great interception. Um, but then you have Deggie, which he had a a better a better game completion attempt. Like he had a better pass ratio twenty, 20 for, for twenty nine yeah. and one sixty. But man, that interception! Yeah, that one was that that one irritated me. And it's stuff like that where it's like, are you serious right now? Like just throw it away. Don't try to make a play. Just throw it away. You have the experience. You know this. You know, and it, I don't get it. I just, I, I don't get it. But it wasn't, here's the thing. It was not Deggie's fault. Yeah, he turns the ball over, but that was, that was the only turnover he had. Um, it, I don't know. It wasn't Deggie's fault while we lost the game. It was a mixture of things. Um, Garrett Green scored the only touchdown in there. I mean, looking at it, Letty Brown, he he didn't have an off game, but and again, this could be a toss up of it wasn't last is week's game. Oklahoma's front five that good? Are their defensive front five that good? They're better. They're decent. Or they're pretty good. Are they? Or is West Virginia's offensive line just need to step up? It's both. Yeah, it's both. I mean, it because could be. you. It, 
you only have 15 carries for 56 yards, and you're averaging three points, uh, pretty much four yards yeah. a carry. That's not that's not okay. But but you're expecting more because last week or last week, but two weeks ago against Tech, yeah, he had 100. He had over 160 yards rushing. Yep. I don't. I, I mean, the inconsistency is what just bothers me the most. You know, Daggy is improving. Oh yeah, no. slowly he's, but surely he's he is definitely improving. Looking better in the pocket, just based on the like third and fourth quarter that I watched, mm-hmm. and even then that wasn't the high point of the game no. for Daggy. Um, he looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket. And I, I will say that about him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe by the end of the year he'll be he'll be really good. I don't. Maybe it's just the fact that he knows his job could be on the line if Green outperforms him. What I want to see from Green, though, I want him to to throw the ball a little bit more. He's been using more as as like a Taysom Hill in the fact that he's they're putting him in a wildcat position and they can put they can run the option with him. Well, and he's got the speed for it and the and yeah. and being elusive. But here's my thing with that though is if you do that, that's just going to undermine Daggy's confidence even more than it already is. And, like, I, I get it. It He already should have a fire under him and be performing better than what he is. He definitely should. But, he should have had that coming into the game. Yeah. Coming into the year. At the same time, you know, it, it's a tricky situation. It's always tricky to have two starting caliber quarterbacks and work around that. Yeah. And plus, when you average nine points in the second half against FBS opponents, that's not you're not going to win football games with that. Like, and, and there's an article that came out, and to summarize the article, the heading reads, uh, hold on, the heading reads, does Neil Brown lack a killer instinct? And that, and it, and it pretty much goes in there and talks about, like, yeah, his good old, his good old boy of, well, oh, shucks, we didn't do it, uh, personality is attractive, but it's not what you need as a football coach sometimes. No, you need to be able to step on the gas and say, okay, we're up by, we're up by a score. Let's go score, seal the game. Yes, that's like th- that's what we saw with Tech is they took the air out of the ball way too early. You yeah. get comfortable. It's in like there. don't worry about your opponent's feelings; they're your opponent for a reason. Play to win. Play not to not lose. Yep. You know. <laughs> Play not to not lose. I like. Yeah. That. So you know, like that's there's there is a there's a there's a major difference in playing to win and playing not to not lose. You know. Be saving of rat poison. You blow out a t- you blow out a team forty four to fourteen, and still say you're not good enough. And I, I think I think Neil Brown is our guy. I'm a f- and this is what I'm scared of is if if he you know doesn't do a good year within his these next like three three more years. I'm afraid that we'll let him go and he goes on to be great somewhere. We need to hang on to Neil Brown. I think I think he's doing a good job. I, I that's my opinion is that he's doing a good job. He's just it takes time to build to build up his program and the way he wants it to, but he's got to figure out something in the second half. I mean, our second we come out okay or good in the first half, but second half it's like there are no adjustments made if anything. If you know, if anything we we come out worse in the second half than what we did in the first. So I don't know, and then we had that. You know, if there's, if you had told me before we played Oklahoma that there'd only be two touchdowns in this game, and each team gets one touchdown a piece, and then the rest of them are field goals, I wouldn't have believed you. I thought no, Oklahoma. I thought was, this was going to be. A, I think we both predicted a high scoring game. I thought, like we said, I said it was going to be thirty-five to thirty-one. West Virginia gets the possible upset. 
Yeah. I didn't I would have never guessed in a million years that they would not break that they would not have broken twenty points. Yep. Like and and I don't know. And then the, of course that bad snap right there at the end. Um Zach Frazier is an experienced guy. He's a good center. It makes me nervous, so that's two weeks in a row that he's had a couple of bad snaps. And but I get it as well because there's different cadences between switching from green to Daggy, and they really should yeah. have just kept. They really should have just kept green in there and not switched up with oh, 100%. that. If they had kept green, I think Frazier would have been able to snap the ball, had a good snap, and everything. He's just working off of Garrett Green's cadence. But here's the thing: West Virginia beat West Virginia at this one. They had um, they that false start right there on the goal line hurt us. There was a touchdown right there. That drive on the snap that could have been either a field goal or a touchdown. Like we could have easily had three touchdowns in this game and didn't. We shot ourselves in the foot. And West Virginia continues to beat West Virginia. And that's that's the only thing. If we don't commit senseless penalties and we don't have things like this happen, we were going to be we could have already been 4-0 by now. But the matter of the, but the fact of the matter is we're 2 and 2 and we just got to get better. I think we hopefully we can go 10 and 2 and make it to the and see Oklahoma again in the Big 12 Championship game. But who knows. <clears throat> so, speaking of not for West Virginia but uh, for Ferrum, um, for speaking of holding off scary upsets in the fourth quarter, uh, LSU won 28 to 25. By three points. Uh, three points. Against Mississippi State. Against Mississippi State. Who lost to Memphis. We're not going to talk about that. And Memphis lost this week to UTSA. Hey, you, kn- <laughs> you, know, you know what happened? You know what happened? What, what happened, Cole? LSU beat Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. That's it. <laughs> and you're three and one. Like you're you have a better record than West Virginia does right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, right now. Um, honestly, for us, we we really need to buckle down and get Max Johnson a good alternative on the rushing game. Because right now, like if you're only if your leading rusher is posting fifty one yards off thirteen carries, that's bad. Like that that's really bad. Like no scores other than Max Johnson throwing to the end zone. Um, which Max Johnson went a very respectable 17 for 27, uh, 280 yards, four touchdowns. He did have one interception um, that kind of sparked Mississippi State's. But still four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, like he threw for four touchdowns. That kind of wipes out that one interception. Yeah. Um, granted, that one interception did come at a time when he really did not need to throw that interception. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, Kayshawn Boots still looked very good. Boot. Yeah, I mean, we love boot here. Uh, some people say booty. Some people say boot. It just depends on where you're from. All my people from Louisiana know it's boot. He caught four balls for 85 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, really like the way he's coming along. Uh, could for sure see him being a stud at wide receiver next year. Could he be your new favorite LSU player? Uh, no. He's not going to beat Tyron Matthew. He's not going to beat Tyron. Uh, honey Badger. Come on, man. All right, all right. Like Fournette was great. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was insane. Joe Burrow yeah. was amazing. Um but Tyron Matthew no. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Odell, I I loved Odell, but I always thought Jarvis Landry was better. That's just me. Um just because Odell had a lot more flashier uh kick returns, punt returns, and deep balls than Jarvis Landry was, but Jarvis Landry was the guy who's coming in and getting the job done every year. Okay. Fair enough. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Odell is 
an insane wide receiver. He's awesome. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy and if he can leave the drama off of the field, which yeah. has been his killer the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Boot looks awesome. Our defense actually looks very solid going uh, coming out of this game. Better consistency. Yeah, a lot better consistency. We did have that scary fourth quarter where Mississippi State almost came back on us. Um, they did drop 15 versus our seven, but we were able to ultimately get the job done. Yeah. Um, I think we held Mississippi State's quarterback. Nope. Uh, Will Rogers. Lord have mercy. Uh, Will Rogers threw for 40. <laughs> he threw 62 times. Wow. That's insane. Oh, wow. Um, 47 for 62, which is, oh, my God. 371 uh, yards. And three touchdowns. This was a quarterback duel. Wow. Uh, he also did have that one interception. Again, I think that came midway through the third quarter, um, which set us up for a field goal. But ultimately, I think our defense held their rushing game quite a good bit. Uh, we just we just need to get a lot more consistent with our rush attack. Yeah. Versus like Max Johnson is great, but he can't do it by himself, especially with our schedule coming up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can't. You got to have somebody in the backfield take off that pressure. The yeah, you know, you, you got to have. You got to be able to run the football when you want to run the football. And you know, don't get me wrong, Tyrion Davis Price, he is solid. Like thirteen carries for fifty-one. That's not that bad. But we need someone who can consistently get 100 yards or right under 100 yards rushing. Yeah. And maybe throw the or run the ball in the end zone every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Max Johnson did take four sacks. Um, that hurt us. Um, so maybe it's not all on the running back core. Uh, we, just, we just need to get a little bit better. And I feel like if we take that next step and get a little bit more consistent with our offense and change it up a little bit, we could be better than what we are. We the, could be better than three and one. The glorified positions always get the most hate and the most glory when it really is the big boys down in the trenches. Oh, one hundred percent. Because if you don't have a good O line, then you're not. You're. No. You may have a phenomenal, phenomenal running back and quarterback threat. Oh, look at Barry Sanders. Oh, I know. I mean, if he would have had the Dallas Cowboys offensive line from the mid nineties, yep. I hate that, but. If he would have had the Cowboys' offensive line in the mid '90s, he would still be the all-time uh, leading rusher. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it really comes down to your O line, and I think that's what a lot of fans they instantly want to go. Like for West Virginia, they instantly want to go after Daigie and say Green should have been in. I think Green should have been in more than what he was, but it wasn't Daigie who cost us the game. Daigie, no. no, I, I, I did. I walked away from that game hurt, but also. I looked forward to it, you know, or I or I looked held my head high in the fact that I my team just held Oklahoma to the fewest points ever scored in the Lincoln Riley era. Oh yeah, like ever since the sixteen points. That is the lowest Lincoln Riley has scored at Oklahoma since he's been there. So tangent, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Did you see the Rams Buccaneers game? N- no, I did not, but I saw the I saw the score. Man, I do not know Maddie Stafford, man. What Sean McVay, like I don't know what kind of voodoo deal he has worked out being undefeated. He went down in all of <laughs> being undefeated for 40 straight games if he's leading at halftime. 
Um, that's oh, that's insane. A, that, that's a wild stat. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but yeah, when when they took the lead at halftime, it showed that up. Ooh. And I it oh my god, that was a crazy game. And but see, you know, Brady's got a Benjamin Button complex of the oh, yeah, fact no, that he he is aging he backwards. Looks like he's about thirty right now. And eventually it'll catch up to him. Eventually it'll catch up to him. When I don't know, but see, and here's Could the thing: be when he turns sixty. Yeah, but here's the thing too, and this is—I know this is supposed to be college football, but here's the thing with Brady. Brady, it, it was always talked about. They just signed Richard Sherman, so there, you know, oh my gosh, Richard <laughs> Sherman is washed up. Like that is nothing more than adding a big name to your secondary. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe like, Bruce Arians can do something with him. Don't get me wrong. I think he is a phenomenal secondary player, but he gets burned way too. He can only play zone coverage. He cannot play man. Like, well, see that, but that's always what I thought that because everybody didn't want to play man against him. And maybe that was when he was at Seattle. Yeah, when he was uh, six years younger and a little bit faster than what he is now. I guess so. Before it, well, didn't he get hurt right before yeah. he let he? That's right. That's why he yeah. left Seattle because he got hurt. And then went to right after their Super Bowl run. Yep, and then went to the 49ers. Yep. With Brady is just the fact that he's like, hey, I'm willing to take a pay cut in order for you to get good guys around me. Yeah, I mean Brady, you love to hate him, but you also you marvel rec- at him. Yeah, you recognize greatness. Yeah. Which granted, he can afford to take a pay cut because he's been in the NFL for twenty his, plus years now. Yeah, his career can buy a drink. You know, so <laughs> his his football career career could buy a drink. I think his football career is older than I am by a year or two. He got drafted in 99, I think. Yes. It was either 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. It's almost as old as I am. Yeah. Which it's is, right, which it's is right scary. There. It, is, it is a little scary. But going that kind of wraps up our recap segment. Um, for LSU and West Virginia, yeah. Yeah, for LSU and West Virginia. I mean – both of us kind of, like we said last week, if we combine our teams, we would be, one, the ultimate party school, and two... Um, have the best colors in the nation. We would have the best colors in the nation. Purple, blue, and gold. Just, oh my gosh. Just imagine awesome. Just imagine Mardi Gras with a little bit of West Virginia moonshine and a whole lot of moth, man. <laughs> moth, man isn't real. No, I know, but I'm just saying... I'm just saying... Uh, Shout out to Matthew Thomas. Mo- actually, uh, hey, Mothman isn't real. Did you know my dad was the Mothman? Really? Yes. So <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hate that oh, I told, no. that I told this story. <laughs> but so my dad he is from West Virginia. Well, uh, besides coal mining, another big industry in West Virginia is logging. So, Dad, I can't remember if it was for. Um, the Parks and Recreation depart, uh, Department, or if it was with the game warden or what. But when he, um, in in between semesters uh, during the summertime, he worked like he he worked all sorts of different jobs. One of the jobs was being a Mothman, and what he did was he would go out and set. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about yeah. now. He would go out and set these like traps, so to speak. On the trees, and I can't remember um, what kind of moths they were. Yeah, it was uh, it wasn't an indigenous species to the yeah. area. It was like an invading species. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's he's probably going. It's this type of moth. It's this, when he's listening to this. It's no, no, no. It's that moth. It's that moth. You know? But I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Once it's like a, me watching LSU. <laughs> yeah. 
Very funny. Um, but gosh, I can't remember. He'll tell me once I get home. But the, it was a certain type of moth moth that would ruin the wood. And they had to go, and he had certain traps that he would have to check, like every week, and go around and check them and see if there were any of those moths in there that were messing up any of the logging business. So, but yeah, my dad was the moth man. Cool. Yep. <laughs> not so, how I expected the story to go at all. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. No. You, were you expecting my dad to like dress up in like Mothman costumes? Yeah, 100. percent That's where I thought this was going. I would not be surprised if that happened. <laughs> That'd be but something. Again, that kind of wraps up our recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to go recapping, into recapping. Yeah, West Virginia and LSU. Yeah, but no, recapping the top 25 now. <sighs> go ahead, say it. Go ahead, say it. Owen, can we not talk about number one? No. I'm w- going to keep asking. I want you to say it now because I've said it every week. Yeah, you've said it every week for a reason. You need to say it. Coming in at number one is LSU. Shock. Wow. No, it's 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 Alabama. <laughs> Alabama is number one. I just wanted um, to see the pain in your eyes. That's all I was there for. It's there. <laughs> um, Alabama is number one uh, coming off of what? They're 62 to nothing. 60 shutout. Something. Yeah. No, 63 60, to 14. Oh, excuse me. 63 to 14. Yeah. Nick Saban, you got to do better, man. Against uh, Southern Miss. Yeah. Southern Miss. Wow. Uh, granted, I can't really talk a lot of smack about that because we did play, uh, what, Central Michigan State or something like that Yeah, last week. So coming in at number one is Alabama. Coming in at number two, Georgia. Three, Oregon. Oregon. Really, I mean, those three teams are going to stay up there until they have either a close win or a upset loss. Or they show some weakness. I think yeah. Alabama's already shown some weakness. Oh, I think they have too. But, I mean, push comes to shove. Alabama is going to Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Penn State number four. I like that one. Yeah, it jumped up from uh, six to four, which is awesome. Yeah, I think that's well deserved. Penn State's a good football team. Uh, coming at number five, Iowa, another good football team. Good defense. Yeah. Good, very good defense. Number six is Oklahoma. They I, were at that number four spot, and yeah. then Penn State jumped Iowa, mm-hmm. which you could make the case for Iowa to be in that four spot. But e- either one of those teams deserve that four spot. Um, I don't like where Oklahoma is ranked currently. No. I think Oklahoma should have dropped to eighth, and uh, either Cincinnati or Arkansas moved up into that sixth, and the other moved into the seventh spot. Mm-hmm. So going on that, Cincinnati is seventh. Good. They have a big game coming up with number nine, Notre Dame. Uh, number eight, Arkansas, another like a program that's really shocking a lot of people. Really take it like I, – I, it is. I think everybody is surprisingly pleased. Oh, yeah, for with sure. With Arkansas. For sure. Unless you're one of those teams that lost to Arkansas, so a Texas yeah. fan. <laughs> I, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of teams that are going to be upset with Arkansas being ranked. Granted, they are in the SEC. Yeah. So I don't like them, but I am. That's one of the teams that I could cheer for. You don't have in a, the national like championship. A seething hatred for them. Oh like yeah, you, well, like I mean, you do it's Alabama. Like Georgia. Yeah. Like I respect Georgia. Yeah, and it's honestly, respect, I shouldn't. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a respect thing, but it's not like an Alabama hatred. You yeah, know? or like an Auburn or a Florida. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Number ten, Florida. Number eleven, Ohio State. Ohio State is officially outside the top ten, which is nice. Good. Uh, number twelve, Ole Miss. They're climbing the ranks. Uh, BYU is thirteenth. I think they stayed about the hour, moved up one. Uh, they moved up from fifteenth. Okay, 15th. so they moved up two. Yes, Michigan. Mm-hmm. 
Michigan is... Be careful how many times you say the M word. Mm. The school that is yellow and blue besides West Virginia... West Virginia is gold and blue? Oh, excuse me. The school that is yellow and blue. How about that? Thank you. The school that is yellow and blue <laughs> is coming in at 14th. They moved up from 19th. Uh, Texas A&M dropped off. What they is dropped it? off from... Uh, seventh to fifteenth. Hold, hold on, we're, we're good. No, no, Just hold on, hold on. I, no, I gotta go. I gotta go back to fourteenth. You said, is it like he who should not be named, or uh, or like the, the kind of the Bloody Mary thing? If you say it twice, <laughs> or say it three times in a row, already said it twice. <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, to <laughs> Texas, uh, Michigan is in the fourteenth spot. Yep. Uh, Texas A and M is in fifteenth. They, they dropped down from seventh uh, to fifteenth. Yes, because of that loss to Arkansas. Yeah, which I mean, fair. It, it's good to see Arkansas jump in and almost take their spot. Uh, Coastal Carolina. I mean, they've stayed in. This, what the 18th through 16th spot yeah they've stayed at 17th for the past three weeks and they finally moved up one position which good for them good for them but they haven't which i get it though they haven't beaten anybody yeah really to relevant. take to, yeah to re- really relevant or really take notice i mean they beat kansas but it's kansas that's not really saying much yeah uh clocking in at 17th michigan state go uh, spartans from that's from ethan burger yeah shout out ethan burger on that one um hope you're feeling better bud uh, number eighteen, Fresno State. Um, I can see them making the jump up from twenty second, but it's kind of a head scratcher, especially when it's because they beat UCLA. Yeah, but at the same time, like UCLA moved up some. It it's kind of still too early to give a definite. Oh, this team's going to be great, or oh, this team was overranked at the start of the season. Yeah. Because, I mean, Fresno State is 4-1. and one. Uh, They have played, and they did play in that, like, uh, week zero mm-hmm. uh, college football week. Uh, so everyone else is uh, right around four uh, four games. But we'll, we'll see with them. I, I think once they play some more teams, that'll kind of balance itself out. Coming in at 19th is Oklahoma State, 4-0. Oh. Um, they are Kind of a contender. I don't know with Spencer Sanders how because he's kind of like Daigio. He's not consistent enough. Yeah. Um. But th- th- they're kind of on the radar now for Big Twelve Championship for twentieth. UCLA twenty first. Baylor coming off that big win against Iowa State. Absolutely. Auburn at number tw- at twenty two. Oh, they moved up one. Mm hmm. Uh, NC State after beating Clemson is twenty third. Go Wolfpack. Yep. And Wake Forest four and zero is twenty fourth. Clemson drops all the way from ninth to the 25th spot. I honestly think Wake Forest should be higher. I'm not going to say above 20, but I think they could easily swap with that UCLA spot. Yeah. And I get it. You don't want to show too much favoritism to one conference. But, I mean, at the same time, North Carolina State's 3-1, and one, Wake Forest is 4-0. and oh. That's easy math. Yeah. Um, other receiving votes, Texas. Horns down. Yep. Horns down big time. Texas received 131 votes. Maryland received 91. San Diego State received 57. Boston College, 55. SMU, 44. Kentucky, 26. Iowa State, 25. LSU, 24. Arizona State, 23. Virginia Tech, 20. 
Wisconsin, 13. Rutgers, 6. Oh, Rutgers got some votes. That's cool. Uh, Kansas State, 5. UTSA, 4. Oregon State, 4. Louisville, 3. And UNC, 1. You know who's not in there? I do. I know. You want to say it? No, go ahead. Oh, West Virginia didn't receive any votes. Texas did. How does that make you feel, bud? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, kind of like how I didn't want to say Alabama was like number one. <laughs> you're really, I mean, all these emotions are really, you're bringing, this is my. Are they're st- boiling up inside you? <sighs> Not really. They're just oozing out of me at this point. Like, this is how I felt after the game on Saturday of like, oh, I moped around on Sunday. It was not a fun time. Just going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get over this week. So, previewing West Virginia. We're back at home in Morgantown, which is great. Wonderful. Um, we're playing Texas Tech at 3.30 on ESPN2. So, their, their their backup quarterback is coming in. And since Neil Brown has been there, we have not had much luck against Texas Tech. We have not been that well. Oh, and they're 3-1. and one. Wonderful. Um <laughs> However, we are seven. We are seven point favorites in this game, which is nice, and it's at home. I'm pleased with that. But um, I, I, I feel a good feeling we can win. I just don't want this to be a 2019 game again because we thought we were going to be able to beat Texas Tech at home. We got blown out that game. That was not a that was not a fun day in Morgantown. Yeah, you either want it to be a really close loss or just a blowout. Yeah. I don't and see like a blowout in West Virginia's favor. Yeah, a blowout in West Virginia's favor, kind of like how they had a, how Texas had a blowout in their favor against Texas Tech this week. Fair enough. I think we I think we got a good shot to win it. We need to get our running game going a little bit. I want to see what else Green can do. And and here's my thing is a lot of people saying, well, Green isn't getting the backup job because he was not brought up through the normal quarterback ranks, practicing seven on seven and things like that. Well, no, he didn't. But obviously he obviously he played football some football good enough along the way to be have a scholarship at a power five division one school yeah no i fully get it and I mean, win the backup job and now he played a couple snap or a few snaps in the oklahoma games so obviously he's good good you know good enough yeah so. he's a good second option yeah and see that's what makes me nervous too is that like we want the backup but what happens when green is worse than daggy and you're like oh now we realize yeah, you know, and and it, and then it looks bad on Neil Brown if he go if he puts Green in and then pulls Green and puts Daggy back. I don't know. It's like the whole. Um, and sorry to go to the NFL for a second. It's like the whole uh, Mark Sanchez situation yeah. for the Jets. Yeah, it's like you had fans chanting "We want Tebow" when Tebow was sitting on the sidelines with broken ribs. It's yeah. like. You want that at the time because maybe your quarterback isn't throwing for 300 yards a game, or, or isn't he isn't being he's not making as many good decisions as what you would like for him to do. But at the same time, you don't know you you have that uncertainty about Green, and Green could end up being that guy for West Virginia. I'm not saying he couldn't. Maybe it's just I think it's it's too early to make that jump. And so West Virginia fan. And looking ahead to next year, something's got to give. You're gonna have four quarterbacks in that room. Three out of the four highly coveted quarterbacks being uh, the three highly coveted are Garrett Green, Will Goose Crowder, um, and then Nico Marcoli coming out of Arizona. Oh, especially after uh, Marcoli's game again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially after that comeback. Oh yeah. I mean, all eyes are on him right now. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, going in Texas Tech, things I want West Virginia to do, establish the run game early. Daggy, I want him to make better decisions. I don't want anything to change on defense. Defense is good. Uh, you know, they're stout. That front seven is terrifying for that for that opposing offense. And here's the thing, too. West Virginia offense is not an explosive offense. It's not what we've seen out of, the big, out of normal Big 12 offenses. You know, with when we had Will Greer and, and Gary Jennings and David Sills and Martel Petaway and all those guys on offense in 2018 for that 18 offense, it was explosive. Greer gets three interceptions. You're like, oh, that's not really good, but he's going to go up and make three touchdowns, the, you know, yeah, the rest of the game. Out. Like, you know, he – and he was so accurate with the ball and his ball placement that it just didn't matter if you made mistakes. You were just going to bounce back from it. You know, it was – Yeah. But – this is a, a hard-working, hitch-in-the-mouth, blue-collar football, uh, blue-collar offense. And they they cannot work within that margin of error. They can't have any errors. Yeah, they can't afford to make mistakes. Um, I was very nervous for them going into Oklahoma. They did better at that primetime game with the national spotlight on them. They had Herb Street and Fowler and Holly Rowe and all those guys uh, and girls. Uh for the game. So they, they did better than what I thought they were. I was pleased. Disappointed that we lost, but I was pleased with how they played. Um, need to clean some things up. Uh, that's also another thing. Senseless penalties. Come on now. Uh, right there at the end, Akeem Mesador for the Oklahoma game had a had a face mask penalty. Cost him 15 yards. I think right then and there, that's what really – because it would have been a fourth down situation if he had that not been for the, uh, for the face mask penalty, and we could have could have pulled that one out. So, yeah, West Virginia versus Texas Tech this weekend, Saturday, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, uh, you got a score prediction for me? 28-21, West Virginia gets it. I'm going to give you all the benefit of the doubt and say 35-21. Mm. Uh, actually, 35-24. I know we're both going high scoring. We did this last week as well. Yeah. Um, but, again, I could see that Red Raiders offense um, – well, being explosive, and I think they could rise to the call yeah. that the Mountaineers are going to give them. Well, so. and we haven't had much luck when they brought in their quarterback. We haven't had much luck mm-hmm. to them when they brought in their backup so. um, from Texas Tech. But it, it, this is a new Big 12 now. This isn't going to be a blow-you-out, score 50 in the first half Big 12 anymore. And we say high-scoring 21-28, but it's not that high-scoring, I think. You know, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right, your turn. So, LSU plays Auburn, uh, number 22-ranked Auburn, uh, Saturday, October 2nd, 9 p.m. It's in Death Valley. What I really want to see out of LSU is for them to not establish the run game early, establish the run game. Because right now, we are just sucking. It's definitely going to be our. It's going to be a defensive test for LSU, and with Brian Harson, um, and his new look Auburn offense. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Um, I think LSU. We both have the exact same record. It's just we have that one loss to UCLA, which is killing us. But if you lose to Auburn, you'll be ranked next week. You you should be anyways. 
Hopefully. Or did I say? Did I say if you lose to Auburn? No. Yeah, you did. Oh, if, if you if, if we you, win against Auburn, yes, we if you will beat be Auburn. Ranked. Yeah. If you beat Auburn, regardless, yeah. unless we if if we win by like one or two, they'll just chalk that up as an upset and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like they'll drop Auburn out of the top twenty-five, but else you won't be there. You you get a lot of oh excuse me, you get a lot of votes for that yeah. one. Um, I think if Max Johnson continues on the level of his play, uh, if Boots shows up and plays like how he did against Mississippi State, I could easily see us winning this game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout for LSU. I think it's going to be a very hard-fought game. I'm saying 28-27. I think it's going to be a one-point game. If not 28-27, I'm saying like 21-17 or something like that within a touchdown. There is no way. I'm going to say 21-23. Either twenty one twenty three or twenty one twenty four. It's either going to be a two or three point game. I think it comes LSU down. LSU wins or Auburn wins. Oh, LSU wins. I fully think that LSU. It's LSU. It's, it's game in Death Valley, lose. and that's why I think I'm going to give it to you. Is because you're. If you were at Auburn, I think Auburn. Yeah, I think no, Auburn no way. gets it. But but the fact that you're in Death Valley, that's going to be a rocking crowd. Oh yeah, I mean it's prime time. It's one of the night games. It's on ESPN. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's. I think it's on ESPN too. Yeah, that's um, going to be um, ten o'clock Eastern time though. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see about that. We'll also see how the Farum Randolph making game goes. Yeah. Um, so Farum opens up Odak uh, Odak games with Randolph making this week um, at Farum. Uh, it's at one p.m. Tickets are ten dollars. I'm a little nervous for Farum in this game. I think last week's game was a big wake up call for them against Apprentice of not underestimating your opponent. But I don't want them to get two in their heads for Randolph Macon and yeah, it, it's a really line. overestimate them. You it's know? a fine line you have to walk, um, especially from the mental side of it. Because I remember going into games in high school saying, "Oh, we're gonna trash all over these guys," and yep. we end up winning by like two or three. Or on the flip side, saying, oh, we're going to lose, and then only being within, like, three, four points at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's so much mentally that you have to have right going into football games that, you know, if you're outside of that headspace, you're not going to get it. And with, like, and here's the thing, emotion, like, we've talked about this before, this is an emotional, firm football team. Very, very emotional. Oh, very high strong for sure. Um, and if they, I mean, if they, it's hard for an emotional team like this if they go down early. Ha- it's hard for them to rally back because they're so down in the dumps because yeah. because of all of it. Yeah, because they just give up on the game when you know there's still 45 minutes of football left to play. Oh yeah, or another entire second half. You know, you can go back in there and make second half adjustments. You you kind oh, of for sure. you, you kind of start over going into the third quarter the game doesn't or the the yeah, uh, clock reads zero zero yeah the uh, um, scoreboard reads zero zero excuse me kind of I mean it's still it's st- you, you there's still you have the game to play you still but at the same time yeah, you get three more timeouts yeah there there's a lot that you can change so I'm excited I think it'll be a good game if the defense can really really tighten up and just play just solid like they did against Averett. I think Farum has a chance to win this game. Um, Titus Jones, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, they ran the ball well against Apprentice last week. When in doubt, 
throw it to Tim, Tim Hardy pin. He's you know he he's yeah, he's there for a reason. He, like he's there said. for a reason. But there's plenty like Daniel Lamb. There's plenty there's plenty of guys on that on that receiving court that can catch the ball and run with it. So I, I'm gonna say seventeen twenty one. Farum gets it. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty four. I'm gonna say twenty four twenty one. Farum wins. It's gonna. I think it's gonna come down to. A, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a tight it's game. It's gonna be a very tight game. It's either gonna be within a touchdown or a field goal. Let's hope so, anyways. Because um, Randolph Macon runs a very basic. Very, oh yeah, no. They they run they, a, they run very basic, but they play very good fundamental football. They have. And that's what makes them so good. They are the excellence of execution. Yes, honestly. Yes, they don't. I mean, they don't. They don't have miscues. They don't mess up very. They they don't shoot themselves in the foot. No, and they won't. And Farum doesn't really either. But when you get those senseless penalties on yeah, defense, when you're so high, strong, and emotional, emotions you get a lot more penalties. Emotions I mean, run high. It's good football. Don't get me wrong. It's great football to watch. But yeah, it doesn't help. Makes you teams. nervous in those. Yeah. yeah, like when you have those close games against teams that you know who are not going to screw up. Yeah, it, it makes you nervous, in those and especially a top tier ODAC team for Randolph Macon. Yeah, against Randolph Macon, you know Randolph Macon's walking in three, three and one or three and zero, oh, three and zero. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, three and zero. Oh. They're walking in. No, they're walking in three and three and one because they lost this week. But they're two and uh, they're two. They're, they're one and one in conference play. Yeah, I'm, they're three and one yeah. overall. Uh, one and one in conference play. Uh, they are one spot ahead of Randolph Macon. Yeah, and with, or they are one spot ahead of Farum. Excuse me, Randolph Macon is one spot ahead of Farum. Yes, and that's just because and 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 Farum's going to finally get a true ranking this week for for their because their their conference record starts um, this weekend. So. Yep. Uh, and with the ODAC rankings, Washington Lee comes in in first two and zero in a two and zero in the conference, three and one overall. Hamden Sydney, this one me and baff- this one kind of baffled me and Cole, but we get it if you're just going off a conference record. Yeah, you're undefeated in the conference, conference. but you're two and two overall. Oh. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, and they've won their past two, but if you're just going off conference play on the your other game should have effect because you have a three and one Randolph Macon team who arguably should be in that number two spot. But see, for you know, Division three football is so different than Division one. Yeah. Because those really those out of conference games they they don't matter. They don't matter as much because you 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 have got to win your conference if you want to make a run for it to the championship. Yep. Or at least if you want to get to a bowl game, at least be there in the top two. Farron falls in at fourth. They have yet to open conference play. This Saturday will be our first game. We'll either be 0-1 in conference play or 1-0. Let's hope 1-0. So, 3-0 uh, overall. Still batting 1,000. Uh, Shenandoah, which were the only undefeated team in the ODAC currently. Yes. Everyone else is Overall. Overall. Not, overall not, co- not, not conference. conference. Well, technically in conference play, too. But uh, Shenandoah comes in at fifth. They're 0-1 in conference play, 2-1 overall. Bridgewater comes in at sixth, 0-1 in conference play, 2-2 two two. Uh, overall. Guilford comes in at last, 0-2 in conference play, 1-2 overall. And they're on a two-game losing streak, as, as well as Bridgewater. Bridgewater is coming in on a two-game losing streak. Oof. Yeah, and that's, that's tough to overcome. So, yeah, and, and when, you're, when you're at 500, it's 
I don't know. It's always kind of a thing for me of seeing that tying record because you yeah. win. You got to win at least two games to make yourself feel a little bit better about having that two yeah, in there. It's a crossroads for sure. Yeah. So, um, but coming up for Odak, fair. It's it's pretty much all except for Guilford. It's pretty much all conference play um, this week. So Farron versus Randolph Macon, Washington and Lee at Hamden Sydney. Who do you got for that one? Uh, Washington and Lee at Hampton, Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Washington and Lee is going to pull it out. I got, yeah, no, I got Washington for that one. Guilford versus uh, Guilford at Apprentice. Who you got for that one? Um, I think Apprentice gets the ODAC win. Um, it's not an ODAC game. That's actually the only ODAC game that's not, or the only game that's playing not, this week in that is not in ODAC play. That's not a conference um, game. Or that that's out of conference. Yeah. Um, I think Apprentice gets the win in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridgewater. I think Guilford gets the win. You do? I think Guilford gets the win. Uh, Bridgewater plays Shenandoah, and then uh, that's actually the night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you got? I got Shenandoah. You got Shenandoah? I got Shenandoah. Oh, and I got to say, I agree with you. You agree with me? I agree well, with look you. at you. Look at you. Not to trash talk Bridgewater, but... <laughs> well, but maybe Bridgewater's not as good as we thought we that's what we thought they were. And then our one o'clock game is, of course, Randolph Macon uh, coming to Ferrum um, and playing them. That'll be a good game. Tickets are ten dollars for anybody who wants to uh, go. So it, it's fairly fairly cheap. It's not as expensive as like a Division One football game. Questions? We got questions. So we put out. I put out earlier today on the uh both on my account and the panther pod some questions that uh, i have asked people i have asked people to ask us what we think um so let's see here yeah we'll um every week we'll try and throw out a poll some kind of questionnaire Something like that. We just we want open communication with you guys. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you got anything you want us to talk about. Yep. Uh, this one's coming from Trevor Pig. Uh, Pig. Pig. He asked us, he said, got to hear a take on who's top five Heisman contender. Uh, Owen, do you want to start? Yeah. So my top five is going to be Matt Corral from Ole Miss. And this is in no particular order. Uh, I think Desmond Ritter, uh, Cincinnati's quarterback, I think uh, Malik Willis up at Liberty. He's doing something really special up there. And then I'm going to take Bijan Robinson at Texas. And if he can, can and if he can keep up this play, I'm also going to take Casey Thompson, Texas, uh, the Texas quarterback. If he if he can keep it up, those are my top five in Absolutely. no particular order. Uh, again, in no particular order. I mean. You got to go, Matt Corral. He's obviously he's lighting the world on fire. I'm excited to see if Ole Miss can keep it up, uh, keep uh, producing wins. Um, he's definitely going to be in the final three for the Heisman running. Um, Bryce Young for Alabama. Alabama has had a Heisman winner um, for the past. What Devonte Smith won it. Um, Tua didn't win it. No, because there was some Oklahoma thrown in there as well. Uh, and their colors are so similar. <laughs> they are very similar. That, almost, the exact, help, almost the exact same. It doesn't help that Jalen Hurts played for Oklahoma no, and Alabama. No. Uh, but, yeah, so Matt Corral, Bryce Young, uh, Trey, Travion, Travion Henderson for Ohio State. I'm going running back there. Mm. 
Uh, he's been very solid. He's really produced for that offense when uh, their quarterback hasn't. Um, which CJ Stroud hasn't been bad, but I mean he's still like, yeah, he could be better. Yeah, uh, I'll throw Malik Willis in there as well. Um, and then for my last one, I gotta go Sam Howell. I mean, I still think he's gonna produce. Yeah. Um, my only problem with Sam Howell is his his record is not going to help him up at all. No, the way UNC is like you know it's a team effort. So the way UNC is playing right now, I just don't, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. His team has to help him out a little bit. But yeah, and then our final question coming from Madison Messenger. Why did the chicken cross the road? Uh, Owen, why did the chicken cross the road? You know, I don't know. I Madison, honestly, why, Madison Messenger, why did the chicken cross the road? Help us out, man. Tune in next week for that yeah. answer. <laughs> tune, tune in next, next week, week for the thrilling conclusion. Why did the chicken cross the road? You oh, know why Lord. the toilet paper couldn't cross the road, though? Why? Because he was stuck in a crack. Oh, I thought he was out because of COVID. No. <laughs> Like I just I thought the toilet <laughs> paper was sold out. Oh, very funny. Ha 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 ha. Okay. And to finally round out this very long show, Cole, I got a question for you. Go ahead, Owen. If you were for some reason emperor of the NCAA, <laughs> you are, no. You, hold on. Let me, can I rephrase this just ever sure. so slightly? Sure. Go if ahead. I was emperor of the world. And I had some stuff that I wanted to do. For college football. For speak. college football specifically. <laughs> Go ahead with the rest of it. I want your two dream conferences. Owen, I'm bringing back the Southwestern Conference. Oh, uh-huh. That and I'm reworking the Pac-12 too, but that, that's, that's, that's kind of... That's an old that's throwback. Of, that's kind of secondary. That's 90s, like 90s and before. I mean, yeah, it... The Southwestern Conference is one of, if not the best and most talked about conferences of all time. Like, with the exception of Rice, probably. He got um, going. I really like you throw in Texas, Texas A&M, TCU, Houston, Baylor, Texas Tech, SMU, and Arkansas. So just an all Texas, with conference the exception of Arkansas. Arkansas. Poor Arkansas. Um, I think that is a very varied conference. Mm-hmm. You have those top tier teams like Arkansas, Texas A and M, uh, Texas, Baylor, and uh, Houston it. and TCU. Yeah, uh, and you could argue Houston and TCU. Um, this is middle those, of the road. Yeah, those are your middle of the road teams, and you have your bottom tier conference or bottom tier teams as of right now uh, with SMU, Baylor. Houston. No, no, Baylor's top tier, remember. Texas Tech and SMU. Oh, excuse me. Texas Tech and SMU. So I would bring back the Southwest Conference. I would also rework the Pac-12 as my second one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, obviously a lot of teams stay just because they make sense. So Oregon, UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, and BYU. Mm. Um, an Oregon State all stay. I would add in BYU, Colorado, and Air Force. Colorado's already in there. Oh, excuse me. So I would add in BYU and Air Force. Gotcha. Okay. Those would be. Um, so it'd be the Pac-14 then. Uh, no, it'd still be Pac-12. 
Who did you take out? Uh, uh, Oregon State and uh, Cal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I imagine they would just move to the Mountain West. Just because of competitiveness. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. Granted, Air Force is kind of a head-scratcher there, but they are based yeah. in Colorado. and they Just have be a been, cool team. Yeah, it would be a cool team to see. Like, not a lot of the military academies, Air Force. Yeah. yeah, the military academies are always the thing. So. Uh, what about you? Who are your two? You got to know I'm bringing back the Big East, man. Oh, of course you are. Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. The Big East is coming back. That, that. Right there. Mm-hmm. And this is this is who I'm bringing back in the Big East. For the Big East North, we're going to have Syracuse, Boston College, Army, Notre Dame, Penn State, Pitt, and Cincinnati. I know I got a whole lot of eye roll from Notre Dame when I said that because they're like, oh, they'd never go. In my, in my, in my world, if you're Notre- emperor of the world, yeah, they Notre would Dame, go. Notre Dame's going to the conference. Um, for the Big East South, I got West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Liberty, Marshall, Navy, Louisville, and Maryland. The one question I have for you, uh-huh. no UVA? UVA was never a Big East school. Virginia Tech was. No, I, I fully get it, and I understand that, but you, still. Yeah, I don't. UVA just has a long ACC history. They have a long ACC history, and Virginia Tech does to a certain extent. But they have they also have a big, big. They also have a really nice Big East history, and UVA just has a lot of a lot of rivals with UNC. Obviously, they would obviously I would want to keep the the battle for the Commonwealth Cup. Yeah, uh, for sure. Together with Virginia and UVA, but I really like that the Black Driving Trophy would be held. Would be up for grabs every year between West Virginia yeah, and Virginia Tech. Every like two, three, four years. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 is what I would have is for my South, um, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Maryland, Liberty, Navy, Louisville. Did I say Maryland already? Yeah, you did. Okay, um, in Louisville. So and yeah, bringing Liberty in there, I think Liberty would be a great fit. They've already beaten Power Five. They beat Power Five opponents on a regular basis. I know they didn't beat Syracuse, but last year they beat several. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's what I would do. Next, I'm going to do that. I'm going to rework the ACC. No longer you're going to have Atlantic and Coastal divisions. It's going to be so stupid. It's going to be North and South now. For your North, you're going to have Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, and get this, App State. So literally, it's just Virginia thrown in with a bunch of North Carolina teams. Yeah, all North Carolina school, you it's, know. It's the Southwestern Conference but for the ACC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then for the South, you're going to have the ACC South and that's going to include Clemson, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina, Florida State, Miami, USF. So yeah. it's the Carolinas and Florida. That makes sense. Right then and there. So, um so yeah. That's what I would do. I think it's a good split. I think both of us have uh, very good points mm-hmm. to make in both. Um, I got to say, I love your re- uh, reworking of the ACC just because to get rid of Coastal and Atlantic, it just doesn't make sense. And I may I may swap out USF for uh, Georgia Tech. I just realized I left them out. Um, so it's in between those two because USF, nah. Yeah. But, it, you know, you have three Florida schools – Three South Carolina schools, four North Carolina schools, and then that one Virginia school. Like, but Virginia has been in the ACC since 1950. Yeah, I mean, to take Virginia out of the ACC uh, would be like taking LSU out of the SEC. 
Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of history. Or like taking Ohio State out of the Big Ten. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for Episode 5 of the Panther Pod. I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And we'll see you next week for Episode 6.